we are in this new series, which is the testimony series, the now and then. And in a moment, uh, Julie is going to come and bring us the message. But first, Mel apologises that she can't be with us today. She is bringing her testimony via video uh, because she is still home with coughs and splutters with her kids. Uh, they're okay. Their corona test came back negative, but they still have the flu, so they're stuck indoors. But she is going to bring us her reflection on her time in isolation and her current time. She's still in isolation. So um, can we play that video, please? Nikki, thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa and I'm the administrator at the church. If you're watching this, then it means that I am still too sick to come out in public. So I apologise, but I'll have to give you my testimony by video today. Now, I was asked to reflect on what lessons have I learned from this reset? So I've thought of five for you today. My first lesson is don't live in an apartment with kids during a pandemic because it's really squishy and crowded and loud. Um, but no, really my first lesson is that there is always a silver lining. There's actually been some really nice bits about having these close quarters. I've got to watch my husband at work because we've jammed the one desk with two computers into our bedroom. I've got to watch my kids display incredible kindness and creativity and imagination as they've been bored and had to find things to do. I have watched my three-year-old attempt to, watch, to wash the dishes. Um, and I have seen my six-year-old get so good at playing cards that he now takes it easy on me so I can have a turn at winning. Um, so there's been some really beautiful moments in these really crowded quarters. My second lesson was to, my second lesson was that I am actually better at quiet time than I thought I would. I tend to be a person of action, not of reflection. And during that time of shutdown, there wasn't an awful lot of action. <laughs> and it forced me to take time to reflect and to journal and to write letters. I love writing letters again. And to think about who I want to be and where I want to be and more deeply about each day and what we want to get out of it. Um, so it's been a really nice gift, that time to think. Um, my third lesson is actually one of my favourite quotes that I heard during this time, that... Patience is not the ability to wait, but the ability to choose your attitude while you're waiting. And choosing our attitude has been really important in our family. The difference that it can make when one person has a bad attitude and you're all inside together is incredible. Um, and for me personally, choosing my attitude to the whole situation has been important. Not to choose to be uh, angry or... Um, scared or bored or whatever that day was feeling but to choose to see the silver lining and the joy in the situation choosing my attitude has been really important each day uh, my fourth one um, my fourth lesson is a reminder of how much I love a good sermon any sermon actually that a 
the taking the time out to really concentrate on the learning of God's word. Um, so I'm at a stage in my life with two little kids that it's really hard to concentrate on at church in the building on a Sunday morning. It's also difficult because that's not just my place of worship. It's also my place of work. And no matter how hard I try, I'm always noticing something that needs to be fixed or we could improve that or you get asked questions or there's something to be done and it breaks your concentration from God. Um, so there's been a silver lining in not being able to physically be in the building is that I can be more mentally present. Um, so we do church in here in the bedroom and the kids come in and we dance and we sing for the worship and then they run off and play and I sit down and really listen to the sermon. I get to take notes and I can pause when I need to and pray and it's been incredible how much more I'm getting out of it when I take the time to put into it. So that's been a really big lesson for me and something I hope I take into the future when we do come back that I if I didn't get it at the time that I make sure I take the time at home to go back and study it again and my fifth and final lesson uh, is one that I get taught again and again and I'm not very good at learning it's a message in both Proverbs and James that you do not know what tomorrow will bring, that tomorrow is out of my control, that I need to have a bit more trust and a bit less structure. Um, despite my tendencies to plan, um, that tomorrow will not bring exactly what the diary says it will because it's going to change, especially at the moment. I uh, found particularly during this time of transition when we're kind of, we started getting a few more freedoms and coming out of that time of lockdown. And I, uh, I got so excited to go and have a play date again and catch up with a mum friend and talk to people outside of my family. Uh, <laughs> and then we got there and one of her kids has a cold and we caught the cold and then we ended up there this situation where we've been back in the apartment for two weeks um, or I was so excited that school was going back and I had these few beautiful quiet days when my son was in school and my daughter was in childcare and I could just be in the apartment alone and it was amazing for a whole two days and then her childcare got a case of coronavirus and got closed and my three-year-old was back home again. So it's been a real lesson on I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I need to put more trust in God and less trust in my plans and take it one day at a time and give that day the honour and the respect that it deserves. That, that day is precious even though it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to and that I need to concentrate on God in each day, not the plan, not my plan, his plan. So there you go. Those are my five lessons from my reset. They were taking time for reflection, 
choosing attitude, the importance of sermons and learning about God, more trust and less planning, and the very first one, don't live in an apartment with kids during a pandemic. There you go. Thanks, everyone. any similar lessons be sure to text uh, Mel as she said she doesn't like being stuck in the apartment so she'd probably appreciate a message I'm going to invite Julia up now and she's going to bring us a wonderful sermon uh, reflecting on Psalm 23 thanks so much Kat thank you it's uh I jumped at the opportunity to um well firstly thank you for inviting me back I jumped at that opportunity And then the second one was when Kat said we could meet again. I was like, yes, yes, I'm happy to do all the, abide by all the guidelines. But I just, there's something about um, being physically together at times. So thank you so much for having me back. I cannot believe that I was here uh, February, about this time in February. And uh, I, I remember beginning 2020 with a really bolstered sense of it's going to be such a great year, feel like God's sort of bringing together more things that he's um, invited me to, you know, sort of go into innovation and stuff. I, I, I felt like this person jumping up in the air about 2020. Um, I've got a couple of, the next slide shows you a couple of uh, magazine covers, which I think we're going to have lots of irony, aren't we, in 2020? So this is, is 2020 your lucky year? And all of us said, "Uh, probably not. (laughs) And then something about make 2020 your best year yet. Um, So interesting. Then March hit. Um, and we went into lockdown, and uh, it's just been such uh, a strange and upending season so far, and we're definitely not even slightly at any sort of turning point in it yet, as we know from even last night's news. I wonder how you managed. I wonder what has been a struggle for you during this time, but I also wonder whether you've had any time to reflect on some gifts in this season, some things that maybe in the changes, the, the upending of things, there's, you've noticed stuff that you haven't noticed before during this time. And they were lovely reflections um, given just before. And now we're sort of, I guess, in some ways emerging, starting to sort of um, come out of lockdown a little bit. Um, For some of us, it's uh, a little less than others. And it feels a little like this. We're, we're, We're staring, we're standing on the edge of a cliff looking at the unknown, uncertain, and, uh, and I think that's the way we're, we're viewing, tentatively viewing um, 2020 as it, as it continues, as we sort of um, come out of this lockdown a little bit. 
This morning, I, as I was praying about what to, um, what to bring, what message to bring, and it's always, you know, you, you just, my, my greatest desire is to speak something of life and hope into every situation, not to, not to make um, light of things that are really difficult and complicated, but just to always feel like God is wanting to um, keep reminding us that he is the God of hope, the God of light, the God that holds us firmly um, no matter what is going on. And this morning I really felt like what God has been talking to me about and I, I, I pray that it's something really helpful for you as well, has been that God desires to um, reset us spiritually something of a, a reset that he is doing within his people during this time. The definition of reset, according to the dictionary, is to set, adjust, or fix in a new or different way. Um, there's often a reset button on our electronic devices, things like computers. When you press the reset button, the computer will enter its set up procedure as if you've turned the power off and then on again. And if you're like me, who is completely IT deficient, I find myself doing that sometimes when I have no idea what's happened with my computer. I just turn it off and on and, and go like, please just reset whatever this was, that's the issue. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> something of my... Um, you know, process, but it's, it's a reset, and God wants to reset his people, his church during this time. Um, I want to make it very clear, and, I, and I'm sure this is um, your attitude too, God, God did not intend on these awful things happening. This is not, you know, God's intention to have these um, chaotic, upending viruses, etc., happen. But there is always a way in which God is at work in it. And I think so often that's the reset we need to just keep coming back to, okay, God, in all of this, where are you? What are you up to? Um, and I, I believe God wants to reset us at the moment as his people. People not just here, but people across the world, the people of God across the world, um, really need um, God to do something in us that we can't do in and of our own strength. And I wonder whether anyone is sitting here this morning going, yeah, actually, Lord, I, I, could, I could use a reset right now. I need, I need a reboot. <laughs> um, and maybe the church as well, not, not just meaning this church, but the church universal could do with a bit of a reset as well. So what's God's pattern for reset? It's so lovely to talk about these things, but um, what is it? How, how does God go about resetting us? And uh, I'm going to focus on Psalm 23 this morning. I, I have been loving the Psalms during this time. I don't know whether anyone else has been... Um, reading through the Psalms. You know why? Because I am such a mishmash of emotions at the moment. 
I, I was doing pretty well yesterday morning and then, I don't know, yesterday afternoon it was like my whole battery got drained. I'm not an electronic device, by the way. Um, but I just, something hit me again. I was like, ah, oh, just, I just sort of lost, you know, energy and motivation. Um, and uh, yeah, we, it's, Psalms are just such a gift because they, they let us go through all the, the, the scope of emotions. They give us permission to know that it's okay to mourn. It's okay to be joyful. It's okay for such a diversity of emotions to be happening to us almost simultaneously. And, uh, and that's why I think the Psalms are so wonderful. But Psalm 23... Um, I know for, for myself and for many people is just one of the most beautiful psalms um, and many people know it by heart. But where it begins, where this reset begins is that God often will, when we feel like our external circumstances are all all over the place, we're not really sure, suddenly things get upended, things get changed and there's not a lot that we can do often to change the circumstances uh, around us. We feel powerless to do that much with what's going on out in the, in the, in the world, um, that God will actually help us to come back to within. It's an internal reset that we need initially. Something in us needs to be reset and our hearts need to be reset so that we are able to be present in a very anxious, I love your um, youth uh, title series, um, Faith in an Anxious World, or um, I, I think that's such an insightful thing because we are seeing heightened anxiety and stress and I'm not saying that we're not like that too but we're seeing it aren't we it's all erupting there's there's a lot of emotions all erupting around the world at the moment it's the undercurrent of what has been sort of hidden and buried and when in stressful situations um, it, it all comes out and so God resets us, resets our heart, and then all of these other things start to flow out of a reset heart. When, when something happens where we get centred back on what really matters, what really is all we need, then all the other kind of benefits or, or flow on effect come out of that wellspring that's within us because God has reset our heart. And only God can reset us spiritually. You know, it's not something we can manufacture and oftentimes we get frustrated because we think, oh, Lord, I just, you need to do something. You need to, <laughs> um, but all we can do is just be open and, and wait on God um, to act. So Psalm 23 Let's take a journey through this, a few, um, just want to touch on a few points from it um, in relation to the spiritual reset that God wants to bring about. I'm just going to read it for, um, to begin with. This is from the NIV version. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know about you, but I just have to read that psalm, and already I just, I just feel like something in me goes, oh, I breathe out a bit. So the first um, aspect of this reset that God wants to do within our hearts, and then it flows out, is... Um, it comes in the first line of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. As I mentioned before, when many of the external um, circumstances are all upending and changing and it may be like this, but tomorrow it could be something different, uh, it just helps us to as God just refreshes us and resets us to be reminded that what, who we have placed in the centre of our lives, in the centre of our heart, really matters, really matters at the moment. And the Lord, God, if, if God is in the centre of our lives, if God has all our heart, mind, soul and strength, we know all these scriptures, but if it's a lived reality, then there is a sense that we're lacking nothing. We have, I love what the Living Bible translation says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. What, a, what an amazing declaration. And our spiritual reset from the heart out is just a reset back to our first love. We we've, we've really need to be stripped back at times to know that if we have these basic essentials and God is the centre of our lives, then the reality is that there's lots of things that can come and go. And again, I please don't hear me wrong, I'm not... I'm not at all diminishing the effect that that has of things coming and things going. But it really just helps us to remember that already with God in the centre of our lives, with everything that God has done for us and everything past, present, present and future, future, we lack nothing. We really honestly lack nothing. And I think it's a time where, you know, so many things are, are, might be with us and then might not be. And yet this resets us so that we have a very solid core, a very solid base on which we uh, live our lives out of. And that's the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. 
And we can't fake this. I think, again, it's just good during this time to have some really beautiful, honest conversations with God. This is not about judgment. This is not about condemnation. But sometimes we just need to have those conversations with God where we go, you know, Lord, are you, are you really central in my life? Do you really have my heart, all of my heart and mind and soul and strength? And again, don't, don't think that that's some disqualifier for you. So often it's just God going, if, if, if that needs to be reset, God's heart is that he, he delights in us. He longs to be with us. So he is only too keen for us to be reset in his love. Uh, and, but we've, we've just got to have those honest conversations with God about that. So Psalm 23 just begins by making it really simple, a really simple declaration of faith. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my sufficiency. The Lord is all I need and I lack nothing. Then it goes on to talk about he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Oh, I don't know about you, but... Maybe it's as you get a bit older. I just think rest is wonderful. <laughs> um, we no longer have young children, so, you know, you, you get more of an opportunity to rest. I, I feel for those who have um, littleies, it's, it's busy. It can be a busy season or various things going on. So this part of the psalm, for if, once you get past the, the absolute central core of the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, these are the overflow effects. This is like if that's reset, all these other realities, live realities, start to become um, part of your life. And uh, this is the, the next one, that there's rest and contentment that comes when um, God is in the centre of your life and, and things are stripped back to basics, you realise that you can rest. And I wonder how restful this time of lockdown has been for you. For some people uh, that I've talked to, it's gotten a whole lot busier uh, at the moment, they've got young children and then they needed to work from home and then the kids were home and then the other, maybe their, their partner or other half was home and uh, everything has, there's been very little margin, very little boundaries between, you know, where work ends and, and home life begins and all of that. Um, I know a number of accountants who have been absolutely flat out because everyone was trying to work out JobKeeper and um, it's been crazy trying to help people, businesses, to get them their heads around uh, how to work through the system. So maybe that's been your reality. It's been much busier during this time and you're probably thinking, what's she talking about with rest? But maybe for you it's been really different. Maybe your work has closed down uh, or your normal um, vocational engagement has changed. Um, for three out of the four members of our household, that's been the case. So Ian, who's here this morning, is a swimming coach and they closed down the pools. So um, 
it's not that easy to work out what you do with swimmers when you can't swim in a pool anymore and there's been a whole lot of dry land things that they've worked on and but it's just been very different for Ian these last few months and our two sons are swimming teachers so they're in that scenario too. Um, So maybe it's been a really hectic season for you, maybe it's... uh, Maybe it's been really different, really quiet. And I don't know, only God knows. But I do know one thing, we all need rest. And the spiritual reset that God wants to do in our hearts is to, again, help us to be reminded that first and foremost, God wants to be with us. Be in relationship with us. He does not need us to do a whole lot of stuff all the time. And probably talking from my own personal experience, um, I've had a tendency to um, get close to burnout because I like to do a lot of stuff for God. Um, And that's dangerous too because then God and busyness all gets wrapped up together And it looks so good. It can look so right and so godly and so... But the danger is that I've probably got close to trying to earn God's love at times. Like I can justify, oh, now I, you know, I have some sense of why you love me so much, God, because of all the stuff I'm doing. (laughs) And of course, God has had to strip me back numerous times to say, no, no, no. I don't need you to do any of that. I just want to be with you. I just want to be in relationship with you. And again, when we learn to um, really have God in the centre of our lives um, and be in that beautiful, intimate relationship, we also learn how to rest in him, rest in his love, rest in his presence. And, you know, I've come to a point, I mean, it's quite... I think it's quite amazing if you know me because I talk a lot. But I've come to a place even in God where I can actually just sit in his presence and I don't even need to say anything anymore. Um, Not because I've run out of words, but just because you rest. You really rest in him and you just know that it's just about being in the presence of God, not a whole lot of filling in space uh, with my words I love that it says, he makes me lie down. Um, I I might be messing with the words a little bit, but I think that this is um, a reminder to us that if we don't take time to rest, if we don't find margin in our lives, if we don't have a sustainable rhythm, um, there is a sense that our physical and mental um, depletion will cause us to have to rest. Um, and I, again, I, I think, why wait? Why wait until you're in that sort of state? You know, let's just, let's just have patterns of, of rest and work and rest and work and, um, and maybe do something a little different to the way our society, the way our culture often um, works. Even when... I love that Psalm 23 actually also gives us um, a a reality check on life. Um, If you've lived long enough, you will know that um, 
you, you are likely to go through dark valleys or difficult times um, in your life. And we don't want them. We don't wish for any of them to happen to us. They often come on us suddenly. I feel like March was like that. It was just all of a sudden things that I had in the planning all got, all got upended. And, um, and it's just, it just comes on us all of a sudden. Um, these dark valleys, and why God needs and wants to reset us spiritually from the heart out is that we also then have the live reality of the presence of God with us, whatever we are going to go through in life, whether it's a beautiful, um, joyous time, season, or whether it's a dark valley that we're travelling through. And I was thinking about the two things that I think we need so much when we're in dark valleys. First one is we need to know that God's with us in it. I, I think these are some of the most beautiful words. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil because you are with me. That's what we need to know, you know. We, we need to know and we need to work against a theology that somehow thinks that God has become distant, that God is not with us when we hit hard, difficult, dark times. It's not true. It's not true. Our God is with us in dark valleys, with us, present with us, even if we can't get our heads around that. And also we're wondering, why aren't you taking me out of it, God? Just knowing that God is with us is so comforting and so, so strengthening because you have a companion with you in those dark valleys that is not going to leave you, that is not going to suddenly go, oh, look, you know, you've got yourself in this mess or whatever it might be that we think God is going to say, he's beside us. And the other thing I think we need in dark valleys is light. We need some sense of guiding light because it's dark and we, we, we're lost often in these times. Everything, when things get upended to that extent, we have no navigation often to sort of like, I've never been through this. I've never experienced this before. I, I don't really know what to do. So again, so comforting to know that Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world and I'm the way maker. I'm with you and I'm going to lead you through it. I am light in this dark place for you. And, uh, and I think that's just such a beautiful comfort and strength. And then finally, surely goodness and love will follow me. Um, this is, again, the, the beautiful overflow of um, a reset heart that all of this beautiful um, lived reality flows out from God just resetting us with him being our Lord, our shepherd, and us lacking nothing. It says, goodness, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. 
I, uh, I wonder as you, as you, I mean, we're, we've hit the halfway point of 2020, so, you know, it's, it's going to roll on for a while, but I wonder what you will look back upon 2020 and notice and see um, the hindsight of the, the year. I wonder whether you will be able to find some of the ways, the real ways in which goodness and love of God is following you, has been following you, and will always be following you because it's the presence of God. I wonder whether you will be able to notice just the provisions, the daily provisions of your good shepherd the one who's with you, the one who... And sometimes, again, this is where stripping back is good because we get a chance to be thankful for things that often we take for granted. Thank you for my house. Thank you for, um, thank, uh, you know, just basic things. Thank you for food. Thank you, thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that I have breath. But just noticing the goodness and love of God following you all the days of your life. And the beautiful thing about this psalm is it also reminds us that this is the reality that we are in now and forever will be in. So uh, again, not diminishing the circumstances and the difficulties that we're in, but you know that we know that we are already in an eternal relationship with God, like everything is already done. So whether it's up or down or in or out or everything else, this is the the lived reality for us, that God's goodness and love will follow us and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're in his presence and we will be forevermore. So that's something of God's spiritual reset through Psalm 23. And I I hope that the words encourage you and strengthen you this morning um, in whatever circumstances you find yourself in. I just want to allow a moment to just pray a prayer all together with us because if God's invitation is to reset us, I would like to, you know, just invite a bit of space for that to happen because, again, it's not me doing this. God, God's invitation is for us. So would you join me just in praying for a moment? And uh, if you say this morning, I really, yeah, Lord, I, I just want to be reset. I just need something needs to be reset in my heart. I just um, ask that you would join with me in this prayer. Lord, we come to you just as we are. We're not pretending, we're not hiding, but we're open. We have open hearts and open hands, Lord, and we need you. Really, we are powerless to change ourselves, Lord, our circumstances in many ways. And maybe we're here this morning falling a little under the weight of that, trying and not succeeding. Lord, sorry for the ways in which we have shut you out. Maybe our love has grown a little dim. Maybe in everything that's going on, we've lost sight of our first love. Jesus, Lord, come, 
We open the door of our lives, our hearts this morning, and we ask you to come in, Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to experience your love afresh this morning, pouring into us, reminding us we are loved, we are your child, and you long to be with us. Holy Spirit, come, fill us today, here and now. Come and have your way in our lives. Bring newness. Set us on fire, Lord. Come with power on us, we pray. Fan into flame the gift that are the gifts that are within us, Lord, for your service, for what you've called us to do. And right now, Lord, just in this silent moment, we just open our hearts and lives and ask you for what we really need the most right now.